During the pandemic, a lot of us struggled with content strategies and what we should say or shouldn't say. Let's be real, there isn't a playbook for a pandemic. And even though many will take the time to write one, it doesn't mean it'll be relevant for the next big crisis. Just as we start to get back to our somewhat normal lives, now there's a war. So when do you risk being tone deaf? And when are you just trying to make money and just run your ads? We're gonna talk about this and more in this episode. You're listening to Naturally Social Podcast, and we're your hosts. I am Carla Rivera. And I'm Kirsten Alvarez. And we are two down-to-earth social media marketers, bringing you up to speed with the latest marketing trends and solutions to the day-to-day struggles that many small businesses face. In each episode, we're bringing you tips and recommendations on organic ways to build your brands. All right, guys, it's time to learn how to read the room. So you've got to know when to listen and you've got to know when to engage. And identifying that is extremely important. Depending on the situation, silence can be key, but there is also a fine line between silence, acknowledgement, and support. So we're going to have to learn how to read the room. I completely agree. Pressing pause is okay. It's kind of like when they train you for journalism or or PR purposes. You know, sometimes journalists gives you a little bit of pressure by giving you a long pause because they want you to feel like you have to say something and you really don't. It's okay to have a long silence. Well, the same thing happens with content when you're talking about social media, um, especially when it involves or the current situation involves other lives at risks, such as the war going on right now. So being tone deaf is definitely not okay. You don't want to seem that way with your business. You don't want to seem insensitive to your markets. Yeah, and as we've always mentioned um, almost in every episode, you really have to think about the audience you're speaking to and understand that the, the influence that your brand has on that audience. So you want to be sure not to steer away from your core values and or beliefs. Stay strong to what what it is that you are doing but make sure it's in, it's like the right recipe. You're going to bake the right cake. Make sure that you do it so you don't sound, again, insensitive, tone deaf, because then it just really seems like what is it showing or what does it reflect off of your brand? Yeah, and honestly, in any crisis communications um, situation, it really is a play it by ear game, and you have to be very objective. So sometimes it's okay to be silent, but you have to be able to gauge when you can be silent when you can speak up so there are some social battles that you will not win no matter what but you need to have a feel for when it's the right thing to do and when you need to take a stance or defend your brand because you don't want to seem like your brand is weak either it really is one of those things where you have to test the temperatures and and really get a a gut feeling on when you need to respond and when when it's best to stay quiet yeah and carla i'm actually going to ask you so i absolutely love what you said so there are going to be social battles that you will not win no matter what. I, I feel like that's something we should definitely emphasize because sometimes everyone thinks that they can beat them or they should say something. And I think it's important for everyone to know they're not going to win just every battle. No, you have to pick your battles, especially in PR and crisis communications. You can't, you're not going to win them all, um, especially when there are people's lives that are in in question, especially in healthcare, you have to be careful with that. Well, in any industry really, 
it really depends on the topic that's at hand and who's talking and what what the context of the situation is but there are moments where you need to know to be quiet and there are moments where you can definitely defend your brand and the stance you know that you have to take depends on on what the content um, or the topic is yeah and actually um, as one of our very good friends that you remember from season one Miss Joni yes. um, had mentioned to us it's always far more effective to be proactive versus reactive. Yes. So take a moment and truly understand what's being affected and, and be sure that you're taking the right approach in the response to avoid a larger issue at hand that can kind of snowball into something. Yeah, and that's the uh, tough part, larger. right? I feel like you can never be 100% yes. sure. You kind of have to take gut feeling. And you have to yeah. be really confident in the decision that you make. But yes, it could go right or wrong. And honestly, I think you have to be authentic and real if you mess up. You know, I think we've discussed yeah. this before. If you make a mistake, which is human, you just have to own up to it and move on. Yeah. And you really, it's its the pros and the cons outweighing it. Um, there's an example that I absolutely love to use everywhere I go. And we'll talk more about it later in the episode, but the Air Force has developed a response assessment that you can follow to identify actual crisis or when you should speak or if it's a troll venting session. I can't wait to hear it. I've not heard of it, so I have no idea what you're going to teach us. So I'm excited to hear. Um, but I honestly, when it comes to trolling and stuff, I don't negotiate with terrorists on social or, or digital or any any platform for that matter especially on review sites if you're a troll hiding behind your computer and you have a fake profile a fake name slow followers i'm just not going to feel like i can take you seriously you know so so i i tend to not negotiate with terrorists so yeah you don't want to feel the fire no no because all they want is to stir the pot at that point they're not asking a question they're pretty much taking a stance and they just want to exactly stir the pot so a lot of the time I notice that um, people who do need help and they get the help you know you can totally change the topic or the, or the tone of the conversation another way if you give them the help that they're looking for but when you get a politically charged person that's just looking for someone to stir the pot so they can take out all of their frustrations on you again I those are the ones that I don't take seriously and I don't mediate with those individuals more times than not if someone's genuinely upset because they need help or guidance and you put them in the right point them in the right direction or correct or wrong their whole attitude changes and I've had people change their reviews completely after helping them in that sense but other than that if they're just trying to stir the pot I don't negotiate yeah yeah it's 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 true and unfortunately the more and it's insane when you're seeing it from social media perspective on the outside and you're looking and you'll see your fans get involved and kind of back up the brand or you'll see your audience and it's a shame because as much as as much as we all want to say that those words don't affect the person on the other side reading them it it does but that's yeah. why the best thing you could do is just let them talk to themselves. It takes two to tango. And if they're on their own, then hey. <laughs> yeah, you brought up a good point. I've had situations where I don't respond and some of the audience does. And that is the best mm -hmm. feeling ever. When somebody comes in on behalf of the brand that you're representing 
and defends you because they've had a completely different experience like that's like liquid gold right there you can't yeah, it, replace it's a, that with it anything good. it i think it weighs more than if we were to do that ourselves as a brand so that is the best feeling ever when i see that happen but i do feel like if they go if they if something is said that is against what you are um against what your brand stands for i think there is an opportunity to defend it but it depends again on the situation and who's posting and, and what's going on yeah and it's actually it's as much as as much as I know that we we want to give so many examples I kind of feel like we're at this point like you had mentioned at the beginning you really can't estimate it you really we really don't know what's what can come what can happen um, what can be taken the wrong way um, and how, so we really have to understand how to, I like to say, read the room, but you're reading the, the, the digital ecosystem. You're reading yeah. what's going on and, and kind of just take there. And it's, and it's hard. Like, how do you, how do you stay strong to your brand and, and address whichever situation or try to get your campaign moving? And honestly, it's, one of the biggest things is it's engage with your audience, you know, don't, don't lose sight of your core values. And as a brand owner, as a brand, excuse me, as a brand owner, you're staying true to your tone, to your tone and you're avoiding insensitivity to the best of your ability Yeah. by acknowledging what's going on. So it's not and it, necessarily always speaking about it, but just acknowledge it. Agreed. And I think a lot of listening needs to happen. You have to listen to what's, what your audience is saying gauge what the feelings are um, I think that's an important part of it if a lot of people are coming up with the same issues and posting then obviously there's a pattern and you have to do something to change that but if you know it's one troll or something I always say I, I don't mediate with them but but part of the whole crisis situation just going back to the whole um, insensitivity part I do think that a lot of listening has to happen for you to understand your audience where they stand and to be able to be sensitive to what what is happening out there. Yeah, and I absolutely love that you actually brought that up and, and put so much focus on it because we were given two ears and one mouth <laughs> so that we could do double the listening before we do the speaking. I love that. And yeah, the biggest, it's it, it sounds a lot better in Spanish, but the biggest uh, problem that you see with communication is that sometimes they're not listening or you're not listening and it becomes this, you know, you think you're, you're trying to get somewhere, but you haven't even heard. I mean, I know sometimes it definitely happens to me all the time. Sometimes it's not that I don't want to listen. It's that my brain goes somewhere else and I'll be like, wait, Carla. And after 20 minutes, we realize we're saying the exact same thing. I just wasn't hearing it thoroughly. So there's, it, it happens to all of us. It happens um, to everyone, but listening is so important. Yeah. But tell me about the Air Force assessment. I'm dying to hear because I have not heard of oh. it ever. Oh, so I absolutely love it. So you can actually find it on the internet. I take it everywhere I go. And the Air Force came up with a, it's a web posting response assessment. And it's basically their public affairs agency went ahead and drew this um, journey for you to go through to kind of help mediate. And, and who better than, you know, the Air Force to go ahead and put something together. They know, they know strategy, they know tactics. So they start off with discover, 
and, and basically discovering is, okay, you're discovering what's going on. You, you see what's going on. You're acknowledging, you, you see it. And then you evaluate. Is it misguided information? Are they unhappy? Is it a troll? You know, from there, it tells you where to move on. So you'll, you'll read through it and you'll be like, oh, okay, well, yes, it's a troll. Okay, so then just monitor it. Or no, it's misguided information. All right, so let's fix the facts because this is where our brand stands and this is what we're doing to not be tone deaf. This is what we're doing to support. This is what we're doing to acknowledge. So it's incredible how it walks you through the discover, evaluate, and then how to respond. I love it. So yeah, it, it truly walks you through. You're thinking of different scenarios and it can be tailored. The Air Force is amazing because they do say tailor it to how you would need or you respond to your brand. So that's kind of how I always take it with me. But they go into, you know, the response considerations. So once you're ready to respond, always keep in mind transparency. Transparency, sourcing. If you're going to say something, if you're going to have something, cite it. If you're going to fundraise, if you're going to support, make sure you're citing where it's coming from. You're showing yeah, you're, you're, you're showing it. the knowledge behind yeah. it. And then timeliness. Timeliness is a whole part of, 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 being, of listening and, and tone deaf. You have to make sure that it's, it's, it's mathematical. And it's like you said, Carla, you have to go with your gut. But you want to take time to create a good response. You don't want to rush it. But you also have to find that that fire ground of okay this this is my chance let me go and then of course the tone the the tone that you're responding in and and the influence because again your brand truly does influence others so you want to make sure that your influence is in a positive and helpful manner that really helps conversation keep going or the cause keep going so it's amazing i absolutely suggest everybody to go check it out so if you type in air force web posting response assessment it pops up but it's truly something that take the time go through it I love there is it. absolutely no way you can't make this work for you I absolutely love it. I've never heard of it, but honestly, it is basically how we react to crisis communication and PR and social media. You definitely evaluate. It's 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 basically spelling out what we've done before, and I didn't even know that it was a whole thing with the Air Force, so that's amazing. So the reason we wanted to talk about this whole pandemic and crisis communications is obviously because of the war in Russia and Ukraine, right? And um, honestly, something was brought to my attention by my amazing boss, and um, she pointed out that Applebee's had a commercial, and I was hesitant to talk about the brand, but I feel like if I don't bring it up, it makes absolutely no context to why we're talking about this. So during coverage, live coverage of the war, Applebee's had a side-by-side ad where you saw the war and things being bombed, and then you had an ad by Applebee's, which t- which had um, which was actually a funny one um, during a live news coverage. It was about beer, and this guy was dancing. It just looked really insensitive when you're watching the war and things being bombed and people That's killed, and you see this really funny ad. Which honestly, if 
if the war was not happening and if it maybe didn't happen during the time that the coverage was happening, it might have been funny, but it wasn't. It was actually, it looked really untasteful. It looked like they were insensitive to what was going on and out of touch. So that's the reason why we wanted to talk about, you know, this whole when to shut up and listen. And I think, um, you know, we've been working on a campaign, which I can't disclose any information about, but it's a super fun campaign and we had to hold it because we don't want to seem insensitive. And honestly, it's something that I know a lot of people have battled with, not just personally from work experience, but I know a lot of companies have been bringing this up and you could see it if you just Google you know, marketing during the war and stuff like that. You'll see a lot of companies' articles are being done because people are asking the same questions. So we wanted to go over what what is truly important as a marketer, as a social media manager, when, you, when you're talking on behalf of a business, whether it's an ad, whether it's a, um, a PR pitch, you know, or if it's a an, um, social media post. You want to be very careful so that you don't seem insensitive and you want to be careful where that is all being placed because you know you don't want it placed like applebee's i'm sure they didn't do that on purpose they didn't want their ad to be side by side with the coverage of the war but you have to think if you're placing an ad or programmatic ad you don't know where it's going to land so yes those are the things you have to think about and unfortunately that's where we are right now and social media is playing a huge role in wars right now um it's just a whole different age when it comes to our misinformation propaganda you know social media has become a tool that people are using for or against their um their needs and especially in the wartime so a lot of people were looking at live coverage on tiktok of of the war right with the invasions and things like that but people were realizing that these videos were from 2016 or old videos that had nothing to do with the war mm-hmm. right now so it was basically misinformation right Um, So I really like that you mentioned the whole Air Force response assessment because honestly, that is exactly what we're talking about today is to really listen to your audience and listen to what's being communicated to evaluate and, and do all those things before you respond and not just be reactive about it. Going back to what you said about season one, you don't want to just be reactive about it. You want to be proactive and proactive in this case would be really thinking ahead and deciding whether it's time to just stay quiet and not push out content that might seem insensitive or go ahead and and now's the time to talk so i think what you mentioned with the air force was i mean you hit the nail on the head it was it's perfect and that's exactly what we're talking about and i think i'm gonna have to carry that with me anywhere i go because (laughs) (laughs) it sounds so big when you say it comes from the air force so (laughs) yeah it was i honestly I think somebody um, in the past had shown it to me kind of to, to help me as I was starting. And ever since then, 10 years later, I'm still using the, I'm still using it. So it's, it's incredible. It's incredible to see how it's still, it's still yeah, relevant. It is. It is extremely relevant. And the fact that they talk about transparency and fact checking and timelessly and tone and influence all are key to what we do as communicators and marketers so that to me like i if you if you could tell i didn't say absolutely anything while you were talking about it because i felt like it was there was just something you have to soak in and and it has a methodology and it has uh an official name and it comes from the air force so i think it's amazing and i'm glad that you brought that up because i'd not heard of that and it's like such a condensed way of saying everything that we're trying to say today yeah and i just also feel like it's 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 great for not just businesses, but for our ourselves, 
for ourselves when, when we're going ahead and speaking or we're making a post or there's anything that we want to go ahead and do because essentially it's going to give us that time to stop, reflect, and then move forward with the direction we want to go. Exactly. So speaking about social media, I wanted to talk about what social media platforms are doing right now in regards to the war. So they're actually doing a lot. I don't know. I'm hesitantly proud of what I'm seeing. Um, I want to see where it all ends up. But a lot of the social media platforms are restricting content from Russia state-owned media sources. And some are prohibiting ads. Actually, most of them are. So which is great because it helps, you know, contain the misinformation. So... Um, and I'll explain a little bit more a little bit later on how one of the platforms hasn't been doing this and why you you might think that they're a lot more popular in regards to war footage, but we'll get there. First, I want to talk about Meta. So Meta has around seven, 70 million users in Russia and 24 million in Ukraine, and that's about half of total population for each respective nation. So it's a lot of users for Meta. But they've done a great job downlinking posts by Russia, labeling content to warn people that it's a Russian state-owned content. So you know that this came from the state of Russia. So that way, if you see the content, you know it's very biased and you know you, know, you can be the judge of what you're looking at. Um, but more than that, they're also, um, they joined YouTube, Google, Twitter, and many others who have basically banned any ads that are coming from Russia. So that's going to help a lot with the misinformation. However, TikTok, on the other hand, has been extremely interesting because we all know it's owned by China, and China has backed Russia, right? So there's a lot of misinformation, and this is what I wanted to talk about when I mentioned I was going to explain it later, is that there was a lot of live streaming on TikTok when the war first happened, right? Everybody was like, everybody, it's happening on TikTok. Like everybody's looking at all the live views of the invasion. You could see it all on TikTok. However, there was a lot of videos that were popping up from, from 2016, old coverage that had nothing to do with the war. So the misinformation was there. So according to TikTok, they say that its teams has removed 41,191 videos in relation to war in Ukraine, 87% of which violated its policy against harmful misinformation. However, um, according to an analysis by Tracking Exposed, TikTok, which banned, banned new uploads by users in Russia on March 6 and blocked all outside updates for Russia users, has inadvertently ended up maintaining a network of pro-war content with no new updates coming in and a loophole so users could still upload new videos from a desktop enabling Russian propaganda to fill the app. So I thought that was really interesting and honestly my bachelor's is international relations so it's like all of my aspects of education have combined in this one crisis which is interesting and sad at the same time because then you're thinking do you trust TikTok? You know they're they're trying to ban um, a couple things, but at the same time, they're not, they're leaving loopholes like this. And honestly, you know, they have a lot of pro-war content because of their stance in the beginning. So it's something that I've been taking a look at and, and reading to see who's taking what stance. And, you know, t- Twitter, we all know, was very quick to um, ban a U.S. president from using their network. So I was very curious to see how they would step up to the plate when it comes to war and people losing lives and misinformation so if their whole concept was protecting people's you know 
truth or whatever then I just wanted to I, I've been watching to see how they react and honestly they've all been doing a great job for banning ads and trying to help ease misinformation but I think it's just impossible to really control that because social media has yeah. grown and we can't control it anymore yeah and I think so when we've when we've reached this point where it's it's hard to control because it's on its own the most important thing we definitely want to tell you guys is make sure that you're a good digital citizen make sure every chance you get make sure the sources are correct make sure not you're not helping the misinformation spread so always keep that in mind i mean with your brand on your own social media in general be a good digital citizen and make sure that you're helping towards the solution and not creating a larger problem for me i it's it's incredible um so my husband um he's a marine and as we're watching everything that's going on it's interesting because a lot of us have not seen such events occur mm-hmm. so as we are wondering what is this step and what is that step and and what is going on and it's incredible when I hear it from his perspective. Who's already, well, how, not only has he seen it, he's been in a war. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's how social media has truly like amplified, has let us see something that we're not used to seeing. And it is, like you said, interesting, but so sad at the same exact time. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's hard. Well, it's people's hard lives and, are at stake. They're losing their lives. There's people who are fighting for their freedom so it's it's almost like you're watching a movie but you it's because we're so used to the digital life. world but it's real life and that's the part that makes it all so sad and and that's what makes us have this conversation because we feel like as a company as a brand you have to be very sensitive to that these are people losing their lives losing their children people are going to war thinking they're not going to come back home um, and it's really ugly you know the bombings and all that stuff it's it's not it's not okay and social has been used as a tool more than ever I think um, during the last war I, since the last war I think social media has expanded so much that oh yes it's a yeah. whole I mean, different world of yeah, wars not not <laughs> to compare these not to be insensitive and compare these two but I honestly feel like this amplification and like you said, sharing I, sharing videos from 2016 and, and sharing wrong information, it's almost like the toilet paper all over again. Oh. Why were we running out of toilet paper? Yeah. I will forever believe the reason we were running out of toilet paper was because everybody was posting there was no toilet paper. And it's, it's intense. And that's just a small fraction of it. And going that's back to what fraction. you're saying, yeah, that, that takes me back to what you said as a person try to be responsible about the content that you're sharing, you know, because retweets and shares are what make things viral and what make things people panic as well. So if you're going to share something, try to fact check it and make sure that it's accurate before you share it as well as a view or an opinion. Um, I think that's super important these days. And I don't think people pay attention enough. If somebody posts it, it's so true. and, And look, did you hear this? Like this is happening. And honestly, sometimes the information is not true. So there's a saying that be careful about following the masses because sometimes the M is silent. (laughs) Yes. And I feel like this is actually really good. This this reminds me of that saying because people will share and and I mean that's kind of how gossip is, right? 
you know, and it, right now it's just taking place in the digital world and it's influencing a lot of people. It's the game of telephone. And by the time you get to the last person, everything's completely misconstrued. Yeah. And that as much as we thought telephone would only happen when we're having conversations, telephone happens in the digital world. And speaking of influencers, there was one more tidbit that I read, and I can't remember where I read this, but apparently um, Russia is utilizing influencers to push out their propaganda on war. How do you how do you manage that? You know, so what the U.S. government is doing now is that they're having their meetings with influencers to give them the real side of the story. But then as an influencer, you're hearing this from two different countries. You're stuck in the middle. You know, it just makes things very complicated and interesting to see. But that's, it's funny how in times of war, the state's using influencers as well, not just brands. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. It's a whole different world here. It's also it's digital warfare. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's, it's insane. But so a few takeaways from today. We don't want to get too too gloomy here um, it's it's a very serious topic so just a couple takeaways um, use your channels for good and lead with empathy I think that's um, one way you can you you can be confident that you're doing the right thing use your channels for good and lead with empathy be careful with setting and forgetting you don't want to have your ads scheduled your posts scheduled and forget about them you want to keep up to date with what's going on check your scheduled posts and be sure you evaluate what is being published every day and what is trending on social media. Um, forget about the playbook for crisis. Um, w when the pandemic first started, one of the tweets that I did, I, can't, I don't know if it was a tweet or, or an Instagram post, but I remember saying, you know, nobody has a playbook for a pandemic and someone was like, write it. But honestly, I go back to what I said in the beginning. Even if you write it, it's going to be irrelevant for the next crisis. You don't know what's coming. So forget about a playbook. Um, you need to take a deep breath and listen. And, and listen to what it is that your audience needs and how you can be helpful. Don't think of it as a war that you need to win. It's not personal. And this is not even in regards to the war that's going on. It's in regards to crisis communication. So no pun intended there. But <laughs> that's, that's basically what I have to offer as key takeaways here. Yeah, and I definitely um, just want to reiterate, remember, have your, your communication strategy understood just so that you know what direction you're going to take just once you discover what's going on evaluate it and respond and when you're ready to respond consider the responses remember the keys transparency sources timeliness tone the influence that you're that you have on your audience and never forget to be a very good digital citizen because that we can't we can't i've if there's something that i've learned we may not be able to change the world immediately, but we can change ourselves. Yeah. And if we just focus on ourselves, then less will be let less misinformation will be spread. So just be a good digital citizen yes. out there, guys. And remember, sometimes your response could be no response at all. You have to know yeah. when. So keep that in mind as well. So just because we did talk about social media, I did want to bring up a quick little update in case you all do not follow social media news. Um, there are new updates to TikTok. They now have stories. So in the social what? media world, it's basically old news now. But if you didn't already know, TikTok has stories. So this is something that began testing last summer. 
Um, so it's been a while since it's been out there for tests and they delete after 24 hours, very similar to Snapchat and Instagram stories. So it'll be interesting. One of the things you should notice about these stories on TikTok in comparison to comparing it to Instagram or um, Snapchat is you cannot see who has viewed it. So the only thing you can do is really like the post and then post a public comment, but you won't be able to see who views it. So that's interesting. I have been seeing the option to share my TikToks to a story. So that was been, that has been interesting. It's been there for a while. Um, I'm curious to know if they will give you more you know, views kind of like on Instagram where people will look at stories instead of scrolling as much as they used to. So I would want to keep an eye on that. But according to TechCrunch, a source from TikTok did say that they are expanding their testing. So more to come on that. However, a lot of people already have this um, option. So take a look at your TikTok accounts and see if you have that option and maybe keep that in mind for your content strategies. Um, and then one more piece of news. I don't know if you've heard of this, Kirsten, but Elon is now trying to buy Twitter. So that's going to be interesting. Ooh, I wonder gonna what's going to happen with that. I'm, yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching. Yeah. And if you don't know now, you guys know. Yeah, let's see what <laughs> happens with that. So um, in this episode, we want to highlight the Sugar Boutique in Miami. The boutique specializes in chocolate, sweets, candies. Um, candy apples and more so the owner isn't say no more <laughs> say no more right? I'm there <laughs> especially with Easter coming up all I can think about are the sweets and the candies which is so bad for me but um, the owner's name is Yelena she's an old friend of mine and she started out making sweets as a side hustle and she opened up her own business um, a while back and just think you should check out her Instagram account when you have a moment if, especially if you have a sweet tooth you won't regret it um, you could find them on um, their handles at the underscore sugar underscore boutique underscore Miami and you can sometimes find them at different festivals so take a look and let me know what you think support small businesses guys this is how we grow and if you yeah. can eat sweets while you do it even better oh yes have your cake and eat it too <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for joining us um, we hope we catch you on the next episode and it's always great talking with you guys Naturally Social is a marketing podcast about the latest trends in digital marketing with a focus of locally growing small businesses in a world of big brands by using good old networking and a growth hacking mentality. Check us out on Instagram at naturallysopod. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, please email us at naturallysocialpod at gmail.com. And remember, networking is more like farming than it is hunting.